Hello and welcome to the Bilderbard Workshop. My name is Stephen. And my name is Simon. We're not experts, but we're here to take you through building a character in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. We have a list of rules that we work from when building a character which are as follows. We'll be randomly rolling a race, class and subclass using D&D Beyond's randomizer feature and seeing what we come up with separately. The goal is not necessarily to build the most efficient character, but to build an interesting one. It has to be a level 5 character with a minimum of 3 levels in the class we've been assigned. We use standard array stats so that anyone can replicate these builds and the standard racial bonuses. Not because we agree with them, but because it's part of the challenge. We'll be using official D&D branded Wizards of the Coast books only, excluding books written for specific worlds like Rick and Morty, Critical Role and Acquisitions Incorporated. Feats will be allowed instead of ASIs, as will optional class features from Tasha's. To reflect that they're level 5, characters will have their class and background starting equipment, 100 gold to spend on gear, and one uncommon or lower magic item. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Oh, you brought your dice. Well, that's good, because I've got a new plan. Exactly. So, uh, Excuse me, sir. Come on, buddy. Right. What if I you're... put that there, so that you're right next to Stephen, yeah? You're right next to your new buddy. I'll tell you what. We're bringing new, uh, an updated format today. Shall we try with an intro? You know, introduce... Or today we are covering a Deep Gnome Eldritch Knight. We can okay. do that. Right, I did it. <laughs> okay. Wicked. Shall we go home? <laughs> Just, like, basic thing. I feel it's like my duty to do this bit. How did you find this build? The biggest difficulty I had was trying not to do something that was basically what what you did last week (laughs) in what way well i'm aware that we've got something who is primarily a martial class Uh but also has spell Uh casting alongside that so it was something of a challenge to not just do that oh i see to go for the yeah 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 to basically just make a worse version of the thing that you that you made last week the monstrosity the other thing to to mention i guess about the the eldritch knight is we will probably go into this later but it has problems as a class okay i feel so as we've got on the board do you want to roll off to see who goes first to describing their characters? Have you got? Are we just rolling the same dice twice? Yeah, just roll because I've forgotten to bring seventeen. You got a seventeen. I've got an eight. That's me again. So you can choose who goes first. Me, because I'll get it out of the way. Basically, last week I thought it worked actually worked really well when mm. we just concentrated on doing one at a time. I agree. So if you go into the character build, so if you click on the portrait, yeah, I'll take you into the character builder. And I was thinking if you look at it from that respect, uh-huh. like where you put the ability scores, the racial bo- okay. where the racial bonuses went, As then go into the ra- back and forth. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if you do it in here, it makes it easier for the lovely folks at home to replicate the character if they want. Don't call them lovely. <coughs> we don't know what they're like. Some of them might be. So I put my 15 in dexterity. I put my 14 in constitution. Mm-hmm. As is the law, yeah, which I broke last week, yeah. But other than that, you did. I put my thirteen in wisdom because uh, I was following your lead, Simon, of uh, putting at least a plus one in wisdom because there there are more spells that rely on wisdom. I put my twelve in intelligence, <laughs> ten in strength, and eight in charisma. Okay, I'm already thinking that's interesting. Putting twelve in intelligence for an mm. um, eldritch. No, I'm probably going to get this wrong a number of times. That's fine, Don't. and obviously. Uh, well, not obviously, but your racial bonuses for the deep gnome as standard 
is mm -hmm. a plus one to dex and a plus two to intelligence. So uh, you get gnomish, obviously being a gnome. Uh, we should correct that. As of Warden Kanan's multiverse of bullshit, uh, or bullshit of the multiverse, <laughs> uh, you do not have to take the language associated with your race. It is now an option. So yeah. you automatically speak common, and then one or two other languages of your choice. I chose Gnomish because this character does have a background relating to that, and I don't think I got any other languages. Those, those are my two languages, common, Gnomish. I don't believe there are any choices for Svef Neblin in terms of proficiencies. So it's it's a fighter. I've gone straight five levels of fighter because there was no way in hell I was making this build without two attacks. Okay, I flip-flopped back and forth. Originally, I was going to make sure that I didn't do a strength-based character mm -hmm. because I did one last week and I didn't want to do the build I'd done last week again. I did, however, choose the two-weapon fighting style because I've never, never made a two-weapon fighter character before. It, not, not just fighter, but two-weapon fighting character. I, I can immediately see how it benefits this because then that's that's three attacks per round. Uh, yeah, than... and of course you can do that with a barbarian. Yeah, You can two-weapon fight with a paladin. You don't... Point out really have much to do with the, with the bonus actions on this build, do you? There's, there's not an incredible amount of bonus action things. I'll be honest with you, Simon. I was going to take Polar Master if I was going to mm. go strength-based. Yeah. And that was essentially repeating the build of last week. So, I chose two weapon fighting instead. You don't get any proficiency, other proficiencies or expertise other than... I took History and Insight, just because that made sense to me. I took the Warcaster feat. Makes sense. Because... Yeah. There's a couple of things about a few feats that I want to talk about as we go on, but yeah. Warcaster, Warcaster is not just allows you to make spells, to cast spells as a reaction, yeah. and it is not just advantage on concentration checks. It is also you can cast whilst both hands are full. Yeah, that's that was the main reason that I also I went back and forth so many times on whether to take Warcaster on mine. Yeah, I was going to take something else. I think we'll cover that in future of the build. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think at, at the moment this is just as the build is at level five, and then we've got later on other options, other possibilities where you'd go in future. So here's another thing I found in mm -hmm. the Eldritch Knight weapon bond at third level, and this is the thing that persuaded me to take two weapon fighting over a rapier because I went finesse build and one hand free to cast spells is that uh, so you perform a ritual over a course of an hour the weapon you're hold within reach throughout the ritual you touch the weapon and forge a bond you can bond two weapons and uh, when we did the College of Creation Bard uh, I remember we said oh my goodness what's it called Song of Creation or whatever it is is you get out of jail free card like I summon a loot so I can do spells <clears throat> etc yeah. etc right so instead I thought if you get captured and you have all your stuff taken away you can just go doo -doo -doo, and you end up with your two swords back yep. and that seemed really good it's kind of a, a weak hexblade it's better than hexblade is it? because you can have two with hexblade you can only have one at a time yeah, but I mean, there's there's a bunch of other stuff you get with the Hexblade class, is what I mean. Oh, sorry, we're, we're confusing some things. The ability to summon your weapon is part of the Pact, Pact of the Blade. Pact of the Blade. And Pact of the Blade is only one weapon. Yeah, I always get those confused, because there's, thematically, there feels like there's a lot of overlap between uh, Hexblade and Pact of the Blade. Why is it when we start recording you want to lick my face, boy? Come Buddy, on, down you get come me. on, down, down, down. Good boy. Right. I'm trying to talk about my character, man. Um, I could have taken some of the other martial archetypes. Mm. Sorry. 
fighting styles that come with Tashes. So there's the interception one. I can't remember which one it is, whether it's interception or protection. But there's there's one that's from Tashes, which basically allows you to zip through someone's legs or around them and, and take a hit for them. Yeah, protection is you can stick your shield in front of someone who's that's within it. five if you're feet wearing of you shield, and yeah, impose yeah. disadvantage on them. There's also the thrown weapon fighting one, which I was really considering. I was tempted to take archery, but I didn't take a bow because gnomes yeah. are small. And small races can't use heavy weapons, and longbows are heavy weapons. Well, that that puts a, that punches a hole right through one of my things. But carry on. This is something I forget all the time, and if I'm DMing you, I probably don't care that much. I was sure there was a stipulation somewhere else that if you you had to have a strength score of a certain level to be able to use those weapons, but mm. I think I might have just been getting confused with armor necessitations. Yeah. So I didn't take a longbow because otherwise it would have been a shortbow, and then when I t- then I would have taken sharpshooter. But looking at my spells later on, I realised no, you're getting transmutation, no abjuration, and evocation spells mainly. And any of the spells that I could use, uh, not sure to take. And another point, I was going to go for um, an arbalist, which is a type of. Uh, That's a massive crossbow, isn't it? it uh, well, yes, but also they had what do you call it? Huge shields, pavise. They're called. Mm. And I was going to make this thing where you could put your shield down and use it as half cover and fire over the top and. Then I realised that's a completely separate thing that I will do another time, and and I don't want this build to be that. Yeah, uh, I want this build to be something else. And if I've undone, undone all my spells by accident, I'll be very annoyed. I've undone all my spells by accident. Oh. I, I can remember the key ones. I can remember the key ones. Okay. So that's that. Background and fluff. Deep gnome. Why would a deep gnome be an eldritch knight? What if Dad was a wizard? So Dad moves down back into the mines, or you know the the Underdark West for Fneblin, mm-hmm. where Deep Gnomes live, raises his daughter. So then I went with the investigator background. So right. for the second week in a row, I have used a, a background from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. And impressively, you've also used one other than Bounty Hunter. <laughs> so I mean, Investigator is this close to Bounty <laughs> Hunter. I've actually only made one Bounty Hunter. I want to point that out. My oh, immediate yeah. thought was, yeah. Bounty Hunter. Because that's, that's how my brain works, man. Yeah. So, Dad died... And now she's on a mission to find out why that is. Okay. She learned some magic from Dad, and it's through her fighting that she's reconnected with that magic of her father, who was who was a uh, a wizard. That, and also why she's got a you know a higher intelligence score and the kind of spells that she's using. You know, she's a fighter, and then she's like, oh, but my Dad did show me how to do a firebolt spell or whatever. Mm. So I, I chucked that in. Equipment, I went for adamantine half plate. This is relevant to something I'm going to bring up later in uh, future of the build. Did you buy any equipment with 100 gold? Yes, or? I did take Find Familiar as my one spell you're allowed to take when you hit level 3 that yeah. isn't abjuration or evocation. The idea is, is that Find Familiar is one of the most useful spells in the game. And the reason it's useful, if anyone doesn't know, is that a familiar can't attack, but it can take the help action. And help action to fight means that the other person has advantage. There's there's a really great D and D shorts video, yeah. similar to the prestidigitation one that he did. It's it's running through basically everything you can do with find familiar, and mm-hmm. it's a lot you can yeah. do with find familiar. Yeah, absolutely. So find familiar, and I took some components for that, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much pretty much it. I did keep the crossbow. 
mm-hmm. that came with it, uh, just in case I need to shoot something that's far away. Yeah. So I've got a decent enough deck score. Adamantine half plate as opposed to Mithril half plate or anything else. Yeah. Mithril half plate, just to bring it up, doesn't impose disadvantage on stealth checks. Adamantine half plate cancels crits. Okay. You can never be crit. That sounds very good. Yes, and I kind of feel as though I might have to leave some adamantine lying around for your partner's paladin to pick up. <laughs> so that's my equipment and magic item. So now, yeah. theme. So this is where you talk about the general... Because we've done the construction of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where you talk about like the standout features, your skills and spells, and any nasty tricks you've got. Okay, my nasty trick is not really that nasty, to be honest with you. My it nasty- could just be a cool trick. I just wrote nasty tricks because the last couple of weeks well, we've you- had... A, at least one of us has had a horrible thing that the character can do. I mean, my nasty thing, man, is that I took Magic Missile as a spell because you don't need to do an attack roll for it. It all yeah. automatically hits and it does an amount of damage. Mm. I, I'm going to say something potentially controversial. Yeah? Right. Your intelligence score doesn't matter as an Eldritch Knight. I can see that because when I was building there's a lot of the things that are going to be most useful are the other person is not going to necessarily going to be saving there's a lot of the functionality one the tricks that you can get are you're not expecting it's not like a wizard where you're expecting them to make saves or you're expecting to make to hit rolls no there was another absorb elements shield magic missile and the other one was Earth Tremor. Talk me through Earth Tremor. Okay, so Earth Tremor has a range and an area of 10 feet. So just to, just to clarify, it will happen within a 10-foot area, and you can make that 10-foot area happen up to 10 feet away from you. I believe that's the case. Okay. But I'm yeah. going to have to reread the spell. I'll explain as I go along. Each creature other than you in that area must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 1d6 bludgeoning damage and is not prone. If the ground in that area is loose earth or stone, it becomes difficult terrain until cleared with each five-foot diameter portion requiring at least one minute to clear by hand. Okay, I've just said you don't need to have a high intelligence score because mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing stuff with saving throws. Or it's not necessary. You're, yeah. you're trying to buff yourself with your spells. The key here is your role as a fighter is probably protect the squishy wizard or the sorcerer or the warlock or the druid if you're playing the druid that way or trickery domain cleric that kind of thing Mm. maybe even bard so if they fail the save take a d6 of bludgeoning damage and are knocked prone happy days i've now got advantage on stabbing them up and some uh, some people may roll low yeah you know even if you have good stats and the other person has terrible stats you can still sometimes roll badly and Absolutely. fudge a, a thing. Absolutely. So that's on the off chance that that works. The part I'm actually interested in is the 10-foot diameter mm-hmm. of difficult terrain. I, I tend to think of it as doubles their usage of movement mm. as opposed to halves their movement because then you have you spend time thinking about halving stuff as opposed to going, I move 5 feet towards it, 15 feet, so you're adding 10 feet for the next step, 10 feet, mm. 25 feet and they might get to the other side of it but they haven't got to the other side and rushed up to the wizard right, so they're ne- say they're next to you and they have to move, they want to move towards the wizard behind you, they have to use 20 feet of movement to go 10 feet Yeah, there is no save for that this is why it's the important bit I immediately make a mess uh, cause an earthquake or earth tremor, mm. and then they have to get around me because at the end of last time we recorded, 
I overheard you mention Greece. And I think that was your first thought. But what? I think you've done exactly the same thing I did, which was look at Greece and go, yes, but if I fall over... <laughs> whereas with Earth Tremor, it specifically says it's everyone mm, except. except you. And I, your job is to stop things moving away from you. Mm. <laughs> right? And now you can do opportunity attacks. They're stuck near you. Yeah. If they try to get away, they're going to use a lot of movement and you're going to hit them if you take Sentinel later on. That's when this stuff starts to get really nasty. And it says it takes a minute to clear as well, doesn't it? So that's... Whereas Grease is a magical effect that can just be... Someone can just dispel yeah, yeah. and get rid of it if you're trying to block a choke point. They've got to physically spend a minute, minute. clearing mm. the terrain in order to get through it at and full speed. And I also took the Mold Earth cantrip because the Mold Earth mm. cantrip says if the dirt or stone you target is on the ground, you cause it to become difficult terrain. Alternatively, if you can cause the ground to become, you can cause the ground to become normal terrain if it is already difficult terrain. So you can just boop 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 make yourself a little. Yep, have if to you get want. Out. Brilliant. <laughs> So after you're done, <clears throat> you can clear up after yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I did take another cantrip, which was Lightning Lure. Yeah, I looked at a couple of again, get over here cantrips. Again, I have just said you don't need to invest in your intelligence because you don't want people make. You don't want to be. You know, you want to be in, in, investing in your other skills more than your intelligence. Mm. However, if there's gremlins that are all rushing towards the squishy wizard, you Lightning Lure said gremlin into your earth tremor yeah. and now they can't get over there and they're unlikely to have good saving throws yeah and it's also on a strength saving throw so if it's a boulette good luck you're not you're not bringing that over unless they roll a one pretty much yeah but rogues but a goblin wizards a rogue a wizard yeah something immediately dangerous that's nice because most of the spells are deck saves Con saves. saves or whiz saves. And they're things that you're probably going to invest in. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. I mean, you don't really want to pull a monk towards you. But and I think they're proficient in strength saving throws. Yeah. Off the top of my head. But the point still stands. The, the stuff that you want to grab that's quick, quick stuff, you can grab and put it in your earth tremor and immediately they go, oh no, I'm stuck here. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, I don't think the mobile feat allows you to move over difficult terrain, does it? Also, um, it has a range of 15 feet that lightning lure does and you're pulled up to 10 feet in a straight line towards you and then take 1d8 lightning damage if the target is within 5 feet of you if you take the dash action you're not hindered by difficult terrain oh, okay. so it's only, if, it's only if you're dashing okay, you're yeah. not hindered by difficult terrain you, you guys know what I'm saying like it's the, yeah. not everything you fight is going to be a monk that's true yeah and for my first level spells I took absorb elements so if there's a breath weapon, I absorb it, I punish back. If a uh, wizard tries to hit you with something big. And I've got decent deck saving throws because it's deck based. Uh, I'm implying fireball there. Magic missile, because there is no save, there is no attack roll. It just mm -hmm. happens. And how many first level spells do I get? Three. That's three magic missiles, if needs be. And I took shield because... Because um, it's shielded. Because 22 AC at level yeah. five is great. It's, it's just ridiculous. And then also, just to point out, I think because I'm guilty of this as a DM shield lasts until the beginning of your next turn yeah so <laughs> it's it's, it's every time someone hits you until it's your go again yeah yeah shield's great shield's absolutely wicked yeah. so um, I mean we've got disguise self as part of yeah there's the ones you get from Sverf Neblin yeah um, and I'm glad it's displaying it on yours because I've, I've got a glitch on 
D&D Beyond, it's not showing me disguised self, but I know it is there. I wonder where that is. I think the yeah. reason the reason is because as I phoned you midweek to clarify, I built it using the the PHB slash Morden Canaan's Tome of Foes. Yeah, Tome of version. Toes. And then we agreed it was gonna be the new perks with the legacy stats. Yeah, it's so our our thing is it's the modern version of the traits. It's the legacy version of the stats yeah. for a race. Yeah. Just to codify that for everyone at home. We'll do. I find that pros and cons. Us discussing the pros and cons at the end is probably the yeah. That's the, it, the pros and cons of the build. I mean, yeah. I think that would probably work out better as both of no, us just jointly doing that. Yeah, yeah. So that's me. That's my. That's Sandra with an X. Mm-hmm. She is an investigator. I could have taken a magic weapon. Um, I was going to take a rapier so that I didn't have to take Warcaster. I, I'm just going to talk about a feat I was going to take. Yeah, and the reason I chose adamantine half plate. Mm-hmm. Next level, you get a feat anyway. Mm-hmm. I would take medium armor master. No one takes medium armor master, but it allows you to add plus three to medium armor with your dexterity. So up mm-hmm. to plus three with your dexterity, and it negates any disadvantage to stealth checks. That's good. So then you've effectively you've effectively got uh, adamantine mithril armor. Yes. <laughs> I also want to point out that it is 750 gold pieces for half mm-hmm. plate, yeah, which is a 15 AC, plus 3 is 18. It is 1,500 gold pieces for plate mail, and that still imposes disadvantage. And I was talking on a on a Discord server, and I said, I, I really like Medium Armor Master, why don't people take it? And it turns out that I think Heavy Armor Master, which just takes 3 off every hit, is gives you a plus one to an ability score as well and that's weirdly missing I think okay. from medium armor master I will double check that but I'm pretty sure I'm correct one thing I found when I was building is um, fighter you get more mm-hmm. ASIs than other I'm not going to say other classes because I don't know that for sure but it seems you like get the most second is rogue yeah it's, it seems like you, you get a lot of extra ability score slash feet increases I'd say there's an argument that you can be a bit less optimizing about your feats. You don't you don't have to take like the most effective feat because you've got extras. So the next level would be me taking one uh, would be me taking the medium armor master perk. And then the level after that I could take the dual wielder. Sorry, two levels after that at level 8 I could take the dual wielder perk. Mm-hmm. And I am that's what an AC of 19 without shield, no disadvantage on stealth checks. This is probably better for a ranger than it is a fighter. I didn't take stealth at all. Anything like that. But I, I'm highlighting it now because I discovered it whilst looking through all the different options and went, hang on, that's really good and no one's using it. And someone said on uh, the Dungeon Deuce Discord, they said, okay. I don't like taking defensive feats. And I just want to point out that if someone said, if there was a feat to purchase half plate, uh, sorry, full plate at half price... And mm. have no disadvantage on de- on stealth checks. People would go, "That's the best feat I've ever heard of," and like it, yeah. it, that, that is what it is saying. It's half price, full plate, especially <laughs> for um, no disadvantage on stealth. I think especially for strength based characters because then you're looking to bump your strength as much as possible. Yeah, yeah you're, you're looking. Sorry, not your strength. You're looking to to bump your raw AC as much as you can yeah. with that. So there is no feat. <laughs> That, mm. that allows you to wear full plate without dexterity, without disadvantage on dexterity checks. 
But if there was, people would take it. So I don't understand why people aren't taking Medium Armor Master. Mm. And next opportunity I get, I am taking that damn feat. And I'm going to feel really smug as yeah. <laughs> I'm heavily armoured <laughs> with a shield. You had that shield, that's 20 AC, man. And for a dex-based character, you're raising your AC and your main... I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up. So Your, your build, please. Uh, my build. So the ability scores, 15 went in dexterity. Mm-hmm. So it's. I'm afraid it's another dexterity-based uh, character. Hey, we've got something coming up that won't be. 14 in constitution, so no poo through your letterbox this week. I've, yeah, I've got <clears> to do a few poos through your letterbox, I think. 13 in intelligence. Mm-hmm. 12 in wisdom. Mm-hmm. 10 in strength. 8 in charisma. Right. That gives me, with the racial bonuses, because just looking at this, that's plus one to dex, yeah. plus two to intelligence. And then you've obviously and taken a, an extra a one from a yeah. feat, which gives me totals of 10 strength, 16 dexterity, 14 constitution, 16 intelligence, 12 wisdom, 8 charisma. So I've got them all equal again. You mean even? <laughs> I've got them all even, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got that's the good e- stuff. I've got them all even. It's New Morden Canaan's yeah. Deep Gnome. Ah, you didn't click be, on the gift. That'll be why it wasn't listing those bloody spells on my sheet then. It's all right, buddy. It's why, okay. why are you grumping at me? Because I'm not okay. doing anything. It's all right. He's grumping because he's hot. Svelfneblin, I just want to point out, does sound like someone talking backwards. Svelfneblin? I know lovely, lovely Chris Perkins has fun saying it whenever he DMs. He loves saying Svelfneblin. Yeah. Right, so race choices have been through that. Class choices. So, obviously... Apologies if this sounds a bit disjointed, but the computer decided it wasn't going to record the class features, so here we go. Running through it, you've got the basics like the fighting style that I chose was blind fighting, which is you have blind sight within a range of 10 feet. You can effectively see anything that isn't behind total cover, even if you're blinded or in darkness. So that's going to come in useful later. You've obviously got second wind and action surge. Martial archetype at third level is going to obviously be Eldritch Knight. You've got your weapon bond, as Steve mentioned, Steve mentioned it earlier. And for the ability score improvement, I took a feat, which was shadow-touched intelligence. So, obviously, that increases my intelligence by one. You learn the invisibility spell, and the first level spell that I chose was inflict wounds. Now, I didn't deliberately choose that because I want to do the Kenku trick. I just chose that because I couldn't really find anything useful but it did bump my intelligence so the spells that i chose for eldritch knight were booming blade and green flame blade they'll be plus six to hit so they're fairly decent and they kind of make up for being level four in fighter not having the extra attack yeah they kind of make up for not having the extra attack i've got absorb elements Mm -hmm. fog cloud Mm. shield and snare I did look at snare myself. Snare is nice, and it's it's thematic again. So wizard spells that I took. I just get six <clears throat> spells straight up, man. Um, so spellbook, mage hand. Yeah. Prestidigitation. Yeah. Prestidigitation will come up later. Oh, okay. Toll the dead. Yeah. Because I've got sixteen intelligence. Alarm. Mm. Comprehend languages. Again. Detect magic. Floating disc. Very useful. I've taken Fog Cloud again, which was a mistake, because I think it was it was late at night and I was confused, so I'm missing a, a wizard I've, spell. I've done and that Sleep, which is not that effective, but by that point I was running out of things that were interesting to do. I looked at Sleep, mm-hmm. and I was really tempted to take it, because my thing was about making a gremlin killer. 
Uh, that was that was my thing. So okay. I'm interested. I'm really interested in your theming. The backstory. Yeah. I've done something interesting, which is I've done a custom backstory. Okay. Now there's nothing in the rules that says you can't do that. Right. Okay. This is sounding much I like last week. I feel like I've ju- I feel like I've justified it because no, no, the background is under dark scavenger. Yeah. And I've got to wait until you finish drinking. Yes. The background description is loves to fuck with adventurers. Right. Okay. So they've got pr- uh, skill proficiencies in investigation and stealth. Okay. Tool proficiencies and thieves' tools. They've got deep speech because you have to take an extra language. The way it's structured is it's like two skills and two languages or two skills and a language and a tool proficiency. Okay. Why didn't you take Undercommon? Because I don't think Undercommon was a was an option. Oh, no, it is. It's on there. So, yeah, that would be another one to take Undercommon. Yeah. The background feature that I've chosen is Inheritance, which is... I'll get round to this when I read the backstory okay. through, but they have effectively got an inheritance in inheritance character details i think you forgot to do the personality traits and things like that oh yeah yeah we'll, cu- we'll come, we'll come back, back to, to that. that you can always cut it in can't you <clears throat> yeah personal characteristics i like to squeeze into small places where no one else can get to me all right i think anyone who's nice to me is hiding evil intent right okay this is a horrible evil character and this is actually probably the first evil character that i think i would actually have fun playing okay this is um, really interesting yeah because i've never i don't make evil characters generally no no i mean you um ideals retribution the rich need to be shown what life and death are like in the gutters right bonds i escaped my life of poverty poverty by robbing an important person and i'm wanted for it right flaws it's not stealing if i need it more than someone else right so the backstory okay found a dead gnome adventurer with a suit of mithril armor when much younger and returned to town proudly wearing it Right, okay. Turned out to be a beloved hero of the surface gnomes, so be- so beloved even the deep gnomes held a begrudging respect for her. Grelm, which this is Grelm Grabcandle, the character. Oh, I love that name. Yeah. Did you um, write that name? I did, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Turned out to be a beloved hero of the surface gnomes, so beloved even the deep gnomes held a begrudging respect for her. Yeah. Grelm was blamed for her death and shunned from even Swerf Neblin society for so long he is remembered only as a slightly lewd song is now addicted to messing with adventurers, luring them away from their party, and then straight up murdering them in the dark for loot. <laughs> his greatest wish in life is to get his hands on a bag of holding to carry more loot. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, with I love it. Grelm, yeah. just going back through some of the, the choices. So I've got Mithril Halfplate. Cool. Which is that's the doesn't have a strength requirement because he's a dex based character and it doesn't impose disadvantage on stealth. Nope. So that's good because with his if I go and look at his skills, his standout skills, he's got acrobatics of six, uh, investigation of six, perception of four, stealth is six. So oh, stealth is plus yeah, yeah, stealth is plus six and he doesn't have disadvantage on it anymore, which is good. Because I see him as being a sort of sneaking around in the shadows, messing with adventurers through various means. Mm-hmm. As I said before, he has got a longbow, which, as you say, is he shouldn't be able to have if he's a small character. I don't but, know why it doesn't automatically tell you that. But you could way. replace that with a short bow very easily. Or a crossbow. Yeah. He does have a rapier. Now, as we say in the intro, it's not necessarily the most efficient character. It's just an interesting one. Yeah. So he's got the rapier and he does have 
a shield which is going to be slung over his back most of the time because he's going to be using the shield spell yeah, yeah. and have a hand free to cast spells. Okay, I'm glad that if you did that. he runs out of spell slots, he can grab Turn his shield, shield and then his AC is up plus two. Nice. So the big weakness in his build is he doesn't have really any bonus actions. He could, in theory, two-weapon fight if he's not holding a shield. He's got daggers, so he could do that, but it's not going to be in any way efficient. And the only other bonus action he's really got is second wind. So the thing that I like about the new version of Sverf Neblin is the original version, the Sverf Neblin camouflage just gave you advantage on stealth when you were using it against rocky terrain. Yeah. So that made sense in the Underdark, whereas with this, with the new Mordenkainen's version, sorry, you get a number of uses equal to your proficiency bonus, and that just flat gives you advantage anywhere. Oh, so sick. three times three times a day, you can just go. I want advantage on that stealth check. Nice. Just to, you could then use that <clears throat> to counteract the any issue with um, heavy armor. You could use that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I've I've chosen to just have it as sort of like a booster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. Of course. You've got booming blade, which semi makes up for the missing extra hit because I didn't go to level five fighter, so I've only it's got true. one one attack. That's true. It, it kind of makes up for it. I've got mage hand as a cantrip because again I see them sort of hiding in the dark and and dragging things away. You know, mm-hmm. like picking things up and and you know while the party is sleeping by the campfire. You know, picking things up and dragging away from them. Prestidigitation is the most horrible use of this spell that I can think of because if you've watched the film The Descent or you've watched any kind nope. of caving film or anything nope. like that where they're, in, they're underground or they're in caves right. one of the most common ways of finding their ways out is by waiting until they can feel a, bre- a gust of wind oh you bastard yeah <laughs> you create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect such as a shower of sparks a puff of wind <laughs> faint oh, no. musical notes or an odd odour <laughs> so you can bastard. really really mess <laughs> with adventurers who are lost underground there's also you instantaneously light or snuff out a candle a torch or a small campfire brilliant I like the small campfire personally but I mean again snuffing out people's candles torches things like that you can really, really mess with people with that. Okay. Uh, so obviously, <laughs> as I said, absorb elements. You've got yeah. alarm as a ritual mm-hmm. because you've taken the one level of wizard. You can take things, comprehend languages, so you can overhear what a party is saying, even if they're not speaking a language that you do. Detect magic, so you can look for the good loot. Disguise self from gift of the Swift Nebling, which is showing twice for some reason. Because you get one free use a day, so that's use, and then if you want to use it again, uh, okay, yeah. that's why it's there twice. Yeah, that's fair. Floating disc to carry loot. loot yeah. yeah, that's what it's for. Uh, fog cloud, just because the weakness of this is you don't have darkness. Mm-hmm. So that's as near as I could get to... To casting darkness like mm-hmm. if you're underground and there's a huge fog cloud pops up like yes you know something's going on i did take inflict wounds but that's just because i couldn't f- think of anything else at level one that would sort of really suit the build and you get invisibility for free as part of that don't you yes one you do you get one use a day of invisibility mm-hmm. and you've got uh one use a day of non-detection which you used to be able to cast uh at will in the old version you used to be able to just cast non-detection at will but 
Jesus, that sounds uh, incredibly overpowered. So snare, as you cast this spell, you use the rope to create a circle with a five foot radius on the ground or floor. When you finish casting, the rope disappears and the circle becomes a magic trap. Trap is nearly invisible, requiring a successful intelligence check against your spell save DC to be discerned. So that, again, it matters when you're intelligence score is for casting this so it triggers uh, that creature must succeed on a dexterity save will be magically hoisted into the air hey buddy you gonna come lick my face yeah leaving it hanging upside down three feet above oh, the ground of the floor Joe. the creature is restrained there until the spell ends a restrained creature can make a dexterity saving throw so basically it gives you a trap that you can oh. use which is good because one of the other problems that this character has is he is very, very close to the encumbrance limit. Oh. So if, if you're counting encumbrance on your characters, they are very, very close to it. Right. So you couldn't take, like, say, a hunting trap. If you're carrying yeah. a hunting trap around with you, that affects the amount of loot that poor Grelm can pick up. In fact, I think I might have added a hunting trap as part of my equipment, now that you mention it, Yeah. to replace um, Snare. Mm. Arcane recovery doesn't really help too much because you can only recover one level one uh, slot on a short rest. So it gives you another shield back on a short rest, essentially. But that's that's another benefit of taking one level of wizard on this. You've got dark vision as a racial bonus because Mm -hmm. you're Sverf Neblin. So you've got that dark vision up to 120 feet. And you've got blind sight while fighting up to 10 feet. Okay, yeah. Because of the, the blind fighting thing. You've got gnomish magic resistance, which we haven't said yet, but that's a racial trait. So you've got advantage on yeah. any intelligence, wisdom, or charisma-based saves against magic. Yeah. So that's another that's another really good one. So I, I've been through... I think I've been through most of the important points on Grelm. That's most important things. I've got some notes to go through in terms of pros and cons. Mm-hmm. The obviously the the pro of this build is dex based, stealthy, similar to what you were saying last week with where you realised halfway through that you just built a palad it was a paladin that had some sorcerer you know, you'd kind of made the sorcerer the sorcerer thing secondary to the yeah. paladin. I did feel bad paladin. About that. One of the things I thought about taking was a rogue. The reason I couldn't justify taking a level or two of rogue in this build is because they would have been acting more like a rogue than a fighter. They kind of already are in a way. They are in a way, but I felt like because I didn't take rogue, you can still build a fighter to be yeah, dex-based. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can still build them to be stealthy. I just feel like in terms of if I'd taken the two levels of rogue and I'd had the bonus action, bonus action hide dash, dodge, and things like that, mm. I would have been playing it more like a rogue. So with this, it's more like just a, a, a dex fighter. Do you know what I'm surprised you didn't do? No, I'm not surprised you didn't do it. You haven't mentioned it, and this is something I thought of doing. That's what I should say. Okay. I was this close, a hair's breadth away, from going Eldritch Knight 3, Bladesinger 2. I did look at it, but I thought we've already done, done Blade Singer. Yeah, that was the only reason I didn't. And also, there were just there, there were a couple of other things that I thought I wouldn't do it because I'll go into this later when I show. Uh, I'll go through the the other build that we could that like mm-hmm. you could have done to achieve the same effect as mine better. I'm going to acknowledge that with the build that I've done is that the only reason that I've done it that way is because of the limitations that we've put on generating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a better way 
to achieve a better build for a stealthy Spurf Neblin who has a couple of bits of magic. Just to bring it back around so that we're all on the same page here. Yeah, this would be a good thing to do before the break, I think. Yeah. Creatures that are small <coughs> or tiny have disadvantage on attack rolls with heavy weapons. Ah, okay. That so is a blunt... There is, yeah. no st- there is no caveat for this. Um, then there's a justification. A heavy weapon size and bolt make it too large for a small or tiny creature to use effectively. Okay, so I would have to replace the longbow with a shortbow, but or a crossbow, it makes or, sense mm. because if this character is primarily going to be in the Underdark, mm. they're not going to be at the kind of ranges where no, where, uh, a, longbow a, long, is where a longbow is 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 uh, is going to be you know more effective. So I think if we hit a break there, yeah. then we can come back and we can just discuss general Eldritch Knight stuff and general cool. sort of overall build stuff. Yeah. Right. Technical issues, technical issues aside, yeah. Should we go to pros and cons, or, or do you want to discuss your? You said you had issues with the build. What, what were they? The issue that I had with the build is, and this is something that I've I've read a lot about when I was reading into this. Is basically any time you go onto any discussion forum mm. or you try to look up the best way to build an Eldritch Knight, the comment that will keep coming back is, "Why are you building an Eldritch Knight? There's so many better ways." of building that's true there, there's so many other classes that can do it better and it is kind of annoying because a lot of the places where i asked it was literally like you know i'm building an eldritch knight it has to be for the purposes of this it does have to be an eldritch knight yes i know it's not the best way of doing it because you'll get you know like st- like steve's build last week i would argue does this much better because you've got yeah, the me- yeah. you've got the meta magic you've got access to most of the same spells is sorry to cut across you there there is a thing that's been around since the implementation of the githyanki and githzerai which is the gish which is just as powerful in combat as it is in spell casting i kept hearing that word and i didn't i think i was too busy to look it up but i didn't okay so originally it was in dragon magazine or some unearthed arcana or something um, I don't know the exact history. And they said, this is called Gish, which is the Gith word for someone who is just as powerful in combat as they are spellcasting. And originally it was trying to design a multi-class that was part fighter, part wizard. Like, okay. someone can look up the actual history, but broad strokes, that's what it is. Yeah. If you're trying to make a Gish, this is the wrong build. If you if you want to make a Gish, play the, pal- the Palasork, or the Sorkadin, or Sorlokadin. Last week's horror show and last week's <laughs> shit show or play I, hex- I only noticed during the editing you cheeky little shit that you'd taken full plate and that was I kind of feel like foot like full plate is a bit cheeky but that's what I had to do because mm. of that look we're not discussing that now yeah it, uh, the, it, look, I listened to it on holiday and I did realise fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it came out play a hexblade warlock if you want to be an actual gish Right. If you actually want to be just as good in combat and uh, as spellcasting, do one of those things. The Eldritch Knight is to add a little bit of arcane flair to your fighting. It is adding magical options. And that mm. is not the same thing as being a Gish. That is mm. not the aim of this. And we have both taken with our builds supporting even though it's abjuration and evocation spells we have taken things that are far more 
practical in terms of buffing yourself, protecting yourself, and providing cover or something else. So mm. you took Snare, I took Earth Tremor. I took Magic Missile for that thing needs to die now, or that thing needs to take an amount of damage now, I can't even whiff the attack. The other thing about the Eldritch Knight is that some people go, well, the Blade Sting is a better version. This is true and untrue. The Blade Singer's extra attack at level 6 allows you to replace one of your extra attacks with a cantrip, right? The Eldritch Knight's thing, I think it's called War Magic, but I've Level prob- 7, yeah. Level 7, thank you, is that you can cast a spell and then attack as a bonus action, right? And depending on what you're doing, one of those is actually better. Yeah. For a wizard, if you're using Lightning Lure to bring something to you to smack it, with a plus three sword, that's worth it to be Blade Singer. If you're doing Booming Blade, you've got your damage from your attack, you've got the damage when they move, and then you've got your bonus action attack. So you're kind of... Yeah, or you can cast Fireball or Magic Missile. So, so let's take Magic Missile for the Eldritch Knight. You cast Magic Missile to shoot the thing that's over there, hmm. and the thing that's next to your wizard, you hit with your sword. Here's a boy. That's what that's for. And there are better classes to do the gish thing. Yeah. Right? There are. That can't be denied. But the best that I could get out of this build with the structure that we've got, and I know the structure that we're working with is kind of the problem, but I was able to get a better version of that by going Fighter 2, Wizard 3. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Just to briefly mention it. So I haven't bothered to, to name them or anything. So Constitution's only plus one. Dex and Intelligence are, are plus three. Again, yeah. What wizard did you take? The wizard that I took, I should probably actually be in the, the construction here. Go into the construction site and have a look. Yeah, Fighter 2, Wizard 3. So the wizard was School of Illusion because it's a deep gnome and they specialise in illusion stuff. Okay, that's cool. The other reason that I went for that is because you get improved minor illusion. When you choose this school at second level, you learn the minor illusion cantrip, but the main thing about it is when you cast minor illusion, you can create both a sound and an image. So you right, can right, right. really fuck with adventurers if you take this. <laughs> um, you get some great stuff later on uh, with an illusion wizard, and obviously, because you are a level 3 wizard, you've got level 2 spells. Right, yes, of course. So that means if you t- when you take another level of wizard, you've got your ASI. So you can take Shadow Touched, and you can take a free use of Invisibility every day, mm-hmm. and then you can continue to use it with spell slots. The spells that I learned with this other build that I've made, so that's Cantrips 3 and 6 known spells. Let me just have a look spell book so I've got booming blade mage hand and prestidigitation and obviously you've got minor illusion on top of that alarm fog cloud shield snare tensors floating disc and I took alter self which is a huge one because it's not just it's disguise self but if somebody prods you it doesn't fall apart because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. an illusion you it's, have altered yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously I've taken invisibility at a second level there is a way of Building, I think it's three levels of fighter, two level, which would have fulfilled the brief that we had, three levels of fighter and two levels of wizard where you get second level slots, but you don't have any spells to use no, with them. No, no, no. So that seemed a little bit weird. 
to me. That okay. So I don't like that either. But mm. I am going to play Devil's Avocado. Mm. I know it's Devil's Advocate, but the term Devil's Advocate is used by people who are not playing Devil's Advocate. They just want to give you a terrible opinion that they have and not feel the consequences of that. So I call it Devil's Avocado. Plus, avocado's lovely. I I actually glass of it at Christmas. Oh, do you not like avocado? No, fuck avocados, man. Hey. (laughs) You can like avocados, everyone at home. I just can't be dealing with it. The the multi-classing thing... Right, and this is why you wouldn't ordinarily multi-class Bard Sorcerer. Because it puts your spells known behind a level, or two, or however many, yeah. but your spell slots remain the same for a full caster of that level, right? So fulfilling the build that we have here, if you were to do three levels so that you've got your Eldritch Knight and then two levels of Wizard, yeah. you would end up as a third level spell caster, which means you have access to second level spell slots. Which also means that you can upcast things that you already have. You just can't pick a second level spell. Then this, next level, if you took an ASI, you would have a second level spell slot to use invisibility again. Yeah, I just find that there's there's a lot of conflicts as well, where you have things like you can take two attacks for your action, but a lot of the spells that you want to cast are going to take your action. So you're not really gonna want to spend your action on a spell and it's not like you're a sorcerer where you can quicken anything yeah where you can quicken anything so a sorcerer would be a better base you know a, a sorcerer hexblade would be a better sorry not not hexblade a pact of the blade or a, a yeah, warlock yeah, who focuses on the sword yeah would be a better choice for this and the other thing that's worth mentioning is the multi-ability dependent thing because you're putting everything into you're putting everything into like constitution, strength or dex and intelligence which the problem with that is that leaves you in the cold for out of combat charisma checks and it also leaves you in the cold for wisdom checks like perception and things like that. I'm going to ask you a question are you genuinely going to play the fighter as the face of the party? No, No. but With the build that you did last week, you have a high charisma. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you so can you make charisma. Yeah, you can make a charisma-based spellcaster who can handle themselves in combat. Yes, yes. They're not going to be as on the face of it resilient as a fighter is, and mm-hmm. they're not going to have without taking the extra feats and things like that. They're not going to have the heavy armor proficiency and and stuff like that that a fighter starts with. So. Yeah, they're not going to be as good. I just, I feel like there are problems. I know in this we're trying to build interesting characters, not not efficient ones. Yeah. But if you are trying to build an efficient Efficient. character, there are so many other ways of building a fighter spellcaster that are better than Eldritch Knight. Okay. I, I feel as though sometimes my job as a human being is to sort of pick out the problems. That's how I tend to be. Instead, I am going to point out that you are a heavy armor class. None of us took heavy, neither of us took heavy armor. No. But you are a heavy armor class yeah. that can cast shield. If your job is to be there on the front lines and stop stuff getting to your squishies, congratulations, well done. You've done it. Yeah. <laughs> if you take absorb elements and shield, you are far more survivable, right? And I think the thing that trips the Eldritch Knight up is that it, the spells you know have to be I've got it written evocation down. or abjuration. And really you want to be using support and utility spells to add to your character rather than evocation and abjuration spells to Mm. do damage. And it makes sense that it should be evocation and abjuration. Really, the Eldritch Knight should say, 
at level three, pick either intelligence, charisma, or wisdom mm. to be your spellcasting mobility modifier. Yeah. So that you can then choose which one of those three you want to focus on for your character. Yeah. I think that would be an easy fix for that. So the strength that I see of Eldritch, of Eldritch Knight is the fact that you are level you are leveling up as a fighter. Mm -hmm. So you are getting the ASIs, you're getting the extra attacks, you're getting indomitable. D ten hit dice. Yeah, you're getting D ten hit action dice. Surge. You're getting indomitable and things mm -hmm. like that. The problem is then, as I say, it kind of feels like you're just you're you're getting those bonuses from being a fighter, mm. but the spell casting really suffers in a way that like Th that's the difference between in, this, in this, the spells known that you get mm -hmm. I feel like Jeremy Crawford or someone needs to essentially patch Arcane Knight so that you do what you do with a um, half artificer where you round up I think yeah. because it is punishing the difference in spell slots that you especially when you're building at level 5 like we're building for level 5 the difference between having second level spell slots and not having second second level spell slots I'll get there eventually is pretty huge because of what you can get from a second level spell slot I agree I'm just trying to put forward that it's not all bad oh it's not all bad I'm just you're struggling I struggled with it, not in the sense of last week, where it was, you know, a, a gourmet banquet. Oh, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to multiclass? With this one, it was like, how do I get this to work and still feel like a fighter who casts spells? But what spells are you casting? Well, honestly, I mean, I was. I think the problem is the way that it, the fluff of this character. Yeah. And the way that I've done this character is someone who is almost a rogue mm. in the way that they behave. But again, the reason that I've gone in that direction is because of the Sverf Neblin mm. background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of having this the the kind of underground fighter. But again, the reason that I want that is because there's you know they're using prestidigitation, they're using snare, they're using tricks yeah. like that to lure someone away from the party, and then they get them there. And normally, if you've got a rogue and you've got a one-on-one, -on -one, the rogue has to keep like fighting and things like that. You've got a fighter who just lures them into a side room blocks the door and then is like right you've got a fighter to deal with well here's the thing right there is a consensus generally online that the arcane trickster which has mm. the same spell progression as the eldritch knight is one of the best versions of the the rogue and it's the same amount of spell slots at the same levels there's no jiggery pokery here but because they get illusion and enchantment i think it is off the top of my head what for arcane trickster yeah because they get different schools to choose from they come out on top if this was evocation and transmutation, which I think haste is, so that you could cast haste on yourself at lower levels, which would allow you to do four attacks. So at level 20, four attacks, action surge, four attacks, your extra action, cast magic missile and bonus action attack. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're talking about like that kind of higher levels, mm. I almost feel like it would be worth taking... Like, when I looked at this, honestly, my my sort of overall conclusion about how to build this for the future was to take the next level in Wizard slash Illusion, so mm -hmm. you get the second level slots and you get the minor illusion, then take Fighter to six for the extra, for the ASI, mm -hmm. and then just take straight Wizard. That would be the way that I would the way that I would build it because, like you say, the things like haste and stuff, you're not allowed. You, to have you them can't. You can't take that. You can't take them. You can, there's certain but spells that you can't take. But you're still a fighter, and your wizard will have that before. 
So your wizard casts haste until you can cast haste on yourself. Mm. And then your wizard can rewrite reality around you yeah. whilst you run around like a bell end, hasted, <laughs> killing stuff with a sword. Yeah. And like, here's an uncomfortable truth. Your spellcaster is only ever as good as your ability to select spells. If you choose the wrong spells, it doesn't matter whether you're a wizard, a sorcerer, druid, cleric, bard, warlock, whatever. If you choose the wrong spells, you are effed in the A. Well, a wizard is one of the few classes where the subclass doesn't matter as much as other things. You know, you, you, you're choosing a flavour and which spells you want cheaper to put yeah. in your spell book. And that's pretty much it. There, there are a couple of other ones like the war magic and... Um, something else that, that are slightly different yeah. flavours. There's one with an alive spell book that I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, that's Order, Order of Scribes. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Those are, sli- those, those are actually quite different. But really, if you're looking at the Evocation School, the Enchantment School, the Necromancy School, they're like, oh, you can do a thing for free mm. once a day. And you're like, okay, great, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, like with the illusion, the illusion. The reason I chose that primarily was because I thought, you know, Swift Neblin. Yeah, 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 illusion, yeah. You know, they they specialize in illusion. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of tricks that they get later on which are quite nice. Let's have a look. Eldritch Strike. When a, you hit a creature with a weapon attack, that creature has disadvantage on the next saving throw makes against a spell you cast before the end of your next turn. So that means that you can hit something. And then it has disadvantage. So even if your spellcasting DC isn't that high, at mm. level 10, you hit something and they go, oh no, I best disengage from this, yeah. walk away, and then you go, fuck you, fireball. And you, at that level, you're mm. approaching three attacks. Uh, I can't remember when you get three attacks as a fighter. I'm going to have to look that up now. I think it's 11. Yeah, I think it's 11. I think you're right there. I feel Entry like it's 11, 11 because this was 11. the other thing that I had problems with was looking at the eldritch knight as uh, an idea is where would i stop being a fighter and there's quite a few breakpoints where you think right i can get up to here and then i can stop and then you think yeah but the next level you get this, this is the problem the i have with monk this. actually this is the problem yeah. i have with monk there's there's it's a problem that i've had a couple of times with a couple of different mm. classes here's the thing yeah 11th level you get three attacks that's the level after you get the disadvantage on everything saving throws if you're hasted which you will be because your wizard will be level 7 or whoever's casting haste you can attack three people or they could cast it's not long strider it's not expeditious retreat it is Mm. there's one that allows you to walk away as bonus action and Mm. I can't remember what it is anyway there's a spell that once it's cast on you 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 don't take opportunity attacks if they've got that on you, you can attack at level 11, three people walk away and fireball them. And they have disadvantage on that. I mean, one of the things that I was reading is like, and I think you, with you, I think you were saying this the other day, most campaigns won't make it past level 10. Most Probably not. Very, very few people will make it past level 10 in terms of the, the things that they're playing. And I really feel like with Arcane Knight, you really... Eldritch su- Knight. El- yep. Just, I knew I'd do it at some point. That's the first one. You've yeah. done really well. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> with Eldritch Knight, I sort of feel like if you're looking at it as pre-level 10, you really suffer in terms of the range of spells you've got, the amount of spells you know. But why are we judging a fighter on its spell casting? Because it's an Eldritch Knight. But it's not it's a spell... It's a fighter who spell casts. It's no, a it's fight... a fighter that can spell cast. Right, and if you want a fighter who spell casts, then you take a warlock. This is ultimately my point, is whatever you arrive at as a final build mm. with this, I really feel like 
somebody will come along and say, you can do it better using this. Or there is another half-caster class that does it better. There is Especially the Warlock. There is no class that is a fighter better than a fighter, right? I did. I just go with that. A couple of weekends ago, I advised my friend to play a Barbarian because I thought, oh yeah, it'd be cool. He can be a Barbarian. He can rage. He got two rages and then was an unarmed fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no fighting style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with no heavy armor. Sorry, no class after that point. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, I don't think you're wrong, by the way. I am making the case for the Eldritch Knight because I think it is a great concept Mm. that has every right to be in D&D. I just think it's the wrong spell lists. Uh, Schools. Sorry, it's the wrong schools. Mm. I think that they were like, wouldn't it be cool to have uh, someone in full plate armour who walks around shooting fireballs at people. Isn't that cool? And if you think about all of the Eldritch Knight-like characters Mm. in fiction, they don't walk around shooting fireballs. They walk around and they cast the little trick on themselves that allows them to run faster or or magic missile, keep magic missile in there, why not? Or make themselves more defensive or make themselves have more attacks or whatever, right? That's what this build is for, and I think it's ham- I think it's hamstrung. That's the word I'm looking for mm. by its spell choice. Oh, I also point out at third, eighth, eleventh, I think it is, and twentieth level, you can pick spells from outside those normal restrictions. So at let me just make sure that I've got that right. Fourteenth, sorry, it's third, eighth, and fourteenth. So at third level, you can pick one spell from outside of the evocation and abjuration. At eighth level, just after you get second level spell slots, you can take another one. At fourteenth level, just after you've got third level spell slots, you can take something outside that that isn't fireball. So you can take fireball at thirteenth level, and then at fourteenth level, replace fireball with something else. I almost feel like the two fixes that I would recommend are you treat it as if like for the for the purposes of multi-class multi-classing you treat it as if you're rounding up the spell the spells known in the spell levels and they should have a separate spell list so it's like sorcerers have their own spell list i think the eldritch knight should probably have its own spell list because then you could have things like haste that makes sense for an arcane knight to be casting so if do you remember Spirit Shroud from last week? Yeah. Which allows you to add an extra D8 of cold necrotic or radiant. At 14th level, you can cast that on yourself. That's way later than a Warlock can, or than a, than a Paladin can. But at that point, they've got three attacks. So that the, the same level of spell is now 20, uh, 50% more effective. It's later, way later. A Warlock will get it at level 5, a Paladin will get it round about level 10. I can't do the maths in my head, but it's about 10-ish for the sake of argument. Yeah, I mean, I I am seeing the advantages of it more, mo- primarily in the fact that each time you're leveling up, like yeah, you're you're getting a, a half level. You're almost you're you're getting sort of like a half level of spell casting for free. Yeah. But you are still leveling up as a fighter. You are still getting levels in fighter, so you're getting that D10 health. And you're getting yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the indomitable and the extra attacks and, and second wind bonus uh, uh, ASIs, energy, yeah, things like that. You have so many ASIs that you can take the ritual caster feat and give yourself a spellbook to take ritual spells. No, that's true. And admittedly, I am just saying to everyone at home: take a feat to make yourself almost as good as a wizard. <laughs> Well, this is one of the things that I had written in the, the notes to bring And for up, one level of wizard, you would get ritual casting, yeah. I suppose. Other feats, uh, other things that I noted that could work with this. Fade Away, which is a Sferf Nebling one. Oh. When you get hit, I think it's once per... I'd have to look up if it's short rest or long rest, but you can 
turn invisible as a bonus action. Uh, as a reaction, when you get hit, you can turn invisible. So if your health if your health points are getting a bit low and you think, I don't like this combat anymore, especially for Grum Grab Candle, who's lured someone on their own, they're just like, right, invisible, go hide. Mm -hmm. I'll use some second wins and then I'll come back to it in a bit. Right, right, hang on. Sorry, everyone at home. Eighth level, when you get another spell, you could take invisibility, which is a second level spell, or potentially even darkness if you wanted to for your build. You can then action surge to do two attacks and you get your free bonus action attack because you cast a spell. That's three attacks at advantage because you're invisible. And I know that it's a setup to get there and I know that there are other ways of doing it that are better. I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening knows that if you really, really want to play an Eldritch Knight, you can do it, but it, it is the spellcaster's problem exacerbated and raised up to, like, a million. Whereas any spellcaster, be it sorcerer, bard, whatever, can be hamstrung by the spells they take, the Eldritch Knight is three times as much <laughs> that. You know, you have to choose the right spells. And I think between us, we have... <clears throat> we've said, yeah, you take Absorb Elements and you take Shield. You are now the best tank you could possibly be. And compare that to a Paladin of 5th level. A Paladin of 5th level doesn't yet have their Aura of Protection. They just have 2nd level spell slots, no Shield, no Absorb Elements. Mm. They might have full plate armor. You might be able to take that... Is it Armor of Faith that gives you an extra plus two to AC? There, there yeah. are things you can do, but you're, you're not adding your Charisma modifier to every saving throw yet. So let's look at them as... Both of them have two-weapon fighting, because that's what I went for, or Rapier and, and uh, an Empty Hand, whichever we want to go for. Both Dexy-based. No, sorry. Let's go Strength-based, wearing full-plate armor, right? At this point, if the Paladin gets hit by a, fire, a fireball, they're probably taking all that damage. The Eldritch Knight is using Absorb Elements, and then the next attack, they're adding all that elemental damage back to an enemy. That's the thing I always forget about with Absorb Elements, is it's not just... It's a weird spell, because obviously it's a spell. Mm -hmm. It's on the spell list of most wizards who aren't going to be following up with a melee attack. And they're not going to really take Absorb Elements. I mean, it, it's still useful for the mm -hmm. resistance to whatever hits you. That's what I was going to look at. But that's that's a nice bonus for the Eldritch Knight. So if you get a wizard ca tries to be clever and cast a spell on the Eldritch Knight, they're going to soon discover why they shouldn't be clever about that because, you know, <laughs> they, they've just knackered the, the melee person who's sat in front of the Eldritch Knight. Okay, I'm just looking through the wizard abjuration spells from 1st to 4th level. And this is stuff that you could take gratis for your Eldritch Knight. Alarm, Arcane Lock, Counterspell, Dispel Magic, Glyph of Warding, Intellect Fortress, Mage Armor is on there. You can be a fighter not wearing any armor, investing entirely in your, in your deck score. Magic Circle, which protects you and the party. Can Paladins learn Magic Circle? Yes, they can, and they will learn it before. But do you want your Paladin casting Magic Circle, or do you want them using, or do you want them smiting at third level? Honestly, if you have a fighter and a Paladin, an Eldritch Knight and a Paladin, at the level at which some, the uh, Paladin gets third level spells, do you want that Paladin to go Magic Circle when they've probably already got Aura of Protection, or do you want them to go up to something and hit it and then go, here's four extra D8s of Radiant Damage? Protection from energy, protection from evil and good, which in our campaign has been incredibly useful, remove curse and stone skin. They're at 20th level, banishment. 
Oh, no, it'd be 19th level when you get 4th level spells. Banishment. Admittedly, a paladin is getting that sooner, but it's there. There are spells on there, if you just look at the abjuration stuff, that really amplify what the Eldritch Knight can do. And I think people think of the Eldritch Knight fighter and go, yeah, I want to wander in and shoot fire from one hand and stab people with the other. Okay, you're wrong, play a Bladesinger. If you want to walk into a fight and magically tell people to fuck off with their damage by casting Absorb Elements and Shield, you're absolutely fine. And, like, in terms of retribution, someone chucks a fireball at you, you fail the save. Who cares? I'm going to take all the damage, and I'm going to go fuck off to the next person. Like, I'm not saying it's as good as all the other options that people have mentioned to you, because they're correct. I just think that if you go into the Eldritch Knight expecting it to be a gish, you're wrong. If you expect, mm. if you go into the Eldritch Knight going, how can I make myself as survivable and tanky as possible while still doing the most damage and still being the most upfront in the way of everyone else? You're amazing. It's not the job of the Eldritch Knight to be a paladin. If you want to do that, be a paladin. And you know how we were talking yesterday? Uh, we, we had a conversation that lots of people... You know, as soon as you say one thing, people are like meh, 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 at you, which I've kind of just done. So I apologise for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm realising I've kind of done it by by sort of making the argument that the Eldritch Knight is not the most efficient way to cast a fight to to be a fighter spellcaster, but it is one way of doing it. And my point is, if you can concentrate on abjuration over evocation, most of these spells don't require not all of them, but a lot of these spells don't require you to use your intelligence modifier at all. So mm. you don't have to be multiple, multiple ability dependent in that way, right? Absorb elements, shield, etc. They don't need it. And there's a prescriptive way of playing D&D. Yeah, that, that is a problem. And I, I was listening to, I think it was the Blade Singer episode a while back, and there's a bit where I go, remember you're a wizard. Or a womple, either or. Yeah. <laughs> remember you're... Remember? Do you reckon we could do a charity single with that? No. Oh. <laughs> remember, you're, remember you're a wizard first. It doesn't mean you can't cast spells that kill people but you're you don't want to go i'm now a fighter wandering to combat and get mullet mm. by the same token this is a fighter not a wizard why are you concentrating mm. on its spell casting when it's got three first level spell slots at level five you I want mean, those things to protect yourself and you want to wander in and go haha fuck you i've got all the attacks yeah when you said before about like some people looking at D&D as like a very prescriptive way. Uh, one of the, the conversations that I've seen was uh, people talking about how you can't tank. Like, a, right, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to follow it up. Yeah. Essentially, they were saying fighters can't tank. And what they meant was fighters can't tank in the way you tank in an MMO, where you sit there and you draw all of the little gribblies to you and you get them out of the way while mm-hmm. the DPS characters concentrate on the boss and blah, 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 blah. You know, like, it's more difficult to do that in that's D&D. That's because that's not how yeah. D&D, D&D works. D&D, yeah. fifth edition, is a game of heroes. It is a game where every character is their own hero. Yeah. So you don't walk into it with the DPS character and the tank and the healer and things like that. Like even clerics, they have the damage spells and they have the utility spells so that they can be their own, you know, Jester. And the support spells and yeah. the heavy armor proficiency for Jester in Critical right. Role. There was the whole running joke about how she didn't heal. The same with Ashley Johnson's character in the new campaign. Mm. They, they keep making jokes about like how she can cast cure wounds, but only when she wants to, you know, and it's like in fifth edition, you are a party made up of four, five, six, however many heroes who are all bringing something to the story. 
in the way you would in a narrative in rather Skyrim. than well, it's but just, more it's like, like in three a novel. or four yeah. Skyrim characters more like I mean. in a novel or in a, a novel or in a movie you know if you watched uh, you <laughs> you mentioned the Jeremy Irons Dungeons and Dragons movie yeah. that probably would have been boring as shit if every combat was the guy with the big armor standing there and just getting hit yeah. while the rogue kept you know popping out of bushes and stabbing people in the back yeah, yeah. and things like that you know it, it, it would have probably boring as shit anyway it, to be honest yeah, with you but <laughs> looking back on it but no I mean that's how you play in an MMO if you're playing an MMO great do that but that's not what 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons is well, also, an MMO is constrained by systems, whereas part of Dungeons & Dragons is I'm using the system to break the system, right? If you can imagine it, you can, you know, can I do this? Yeah. Will this allow me to do this? There is no, the wizard as a last resort tries to make a strength, you know, a, an athletics yeah. check to grab something, right? There is none of that in an MMO. Tanking is an MMO word that we shouldn't be using I, I might have used it as tanking in, in, in this episode what I mean is you can turn an eldritch knight into the bulwark the bastion the yeah. defensive character with all these defensive spells they got arcane lock man what's arcane lock? okay let me just make sure I'm saying getting this right it's oh, it really helps when you go off the page you touch a closed door, window, gate, chest, or other entry, and it becomes locked for the duration. You and the creatures you designate when you cast the spell can open the object normally. You can also set a password that, when spoken within five feet of the object, suppresses the spell for one minute. Otherwise, it is impassable until it is broken or the spell is dispelled or suppressed. Casting knock on the object suppresses arcane lock for ten minutes. While affected by the spell, the object is more difficult to break or force open. The DC to break it or pick any locks on it increases by ten. Mm. If you are low on health, how long does it last for? Until dispelled. Mm. Okay? You run into a room, you shut the door, arcane lock. Mm. Now we can take a short rest for an hour while they try and break in through the door. And then we walk out pretty much healed and go, no, yeah. fuck you and you and your mum. Or even in that case, lock yourself in a room, two uses of second wind. wind. Yeah. You know, you can get the time to heal yourself. If you've got any spells that you want to use to buff yourself, you can just, it doesn't have to last for a short rest because the thing I would imagine as a DM is they're going to set fire to the door. And try. They're going to set fire to the door, and they're not going to let you have an hour's rest. No. But like, if you can just get it sort of for two or three rounds, that's two or three rounds. When, as I say, you can, uh, you can second wind. You can take a health potion. You can add some extra buffs to yourself that you've been saving for an emergency. You cast arcane lock because you get it at seventh level. I think is the, mm. when you'd be able to take it. You cast arcane lock, and then you go, okay, let me just. <laughs> second wind right I'm here I'm here and then the wizard goes oh yeah seventh level haste open the door decimate or if they've got a barbarian who's just going to smash their way through you just once it you know once you see the door start to splinter hold a fireball <laughs> right like it, it, it's giving you options and yeah. admittedly these are options the wizard has right mm. and if you have a wizard in your party the wizard can do it instead but let's take another tack at the level that you get counterspell wizards have had counterspell for ages do you want wizards wasting their third level spell slots on low level counter spells or would you rather do it and your wizard casts any of the 4001 other things they can do with the third level spell slot I think the reason that I've been sort of so hung up on this is because I was building for fifth and the fifth lack level. of uh, for yeah. fifth level and the fact that you don't have sec even you second level yeah, spells. You, spells, you yeah. can get the second level if you've got three levels of wizard if you do that three levels of fighter 
Do you mean? Yeah, yeah, three levels of fighter to get Eldritch Knight. It means that if you take two levels of wizard, mm -hmm. then you can get second level spells, but you can't learn any second level yeah. spells. Yeah. Because of the way that learning spells work, you can only learn them based on the subclass that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't get the second level spells until sixth by doing it that way. Until you're you're a three three fighter wizard. Yeah. And again, if you only take the fighter to third level, you don't get the ASI, you can't take Shadow Touched to get invisibility as a second level spell, or take Fae Touched and get Misty Step. I think there's an over reliance on I'm just I'm just saying on, that on my disappointment in it has been primarily because we're building from fifth. Mm -hmm. And it's it seems like such a huge thing that if you get to fifth level as an Eldritch Knight and your spellcasters are at third level spells and you're not even at second, kind of feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth. I feel like the spells that you know should scale so that if you hit fifth as an Eldritch Knight, you should at least be getting second. Mm. It's a bit of a kick in the tits. That's fair. And I think that's that's mostly just because I'm building at fifth. Presumably if you you know, once once you're at tenth, and if you're treating the spells as just a nice little bonus, you, you know, and, and you're treating it more as a fighter who has a couple of little bits going on in the background. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. I think the fantasy that is put this is something we haven't really discussed before when you're looking at a subclass or a class or, or whatever there is the fantasy of what that is and the reality of actually playing it and there's also the fantasy that they're selling you uh, contradicted with the fantasy that's actually there the mechanics that back that up and if we look at the arcane trickster it is using magic to cast tricks and it having the wizard spell list means that every time someone adds something to the wizard spell list below fourth level, the arcane trickster and the eldritch knight get access to it. There are no other. Oh, I suppose they're the only third. They're the only third casters. Now that's kind of a moot point. It's not that they get access to another spell list such as sorcerer or cleric or anything like that. The wizard spell list is the biggest, and they get access to more of it as it gets bigger. It's not. It's not the same as here is your spell list and that's it. Because it being the wizard spell list means that, okay, now I can get Spirit Shroud at level 14. I think the fantasy that it, that people immediately think of when they hear Eldritch Knight is, yes, I can cast Fireball now. When, in fact, the fantasy should be, and I can do magic when I need to. And if we were to take three levels of Battlesmith Artificer so that we're using our intelligence modifier to attack with when using a magic weapon, which we could make with our infusions... I think that's when the Eldritch Knight can be really good at spellcasting because the Artificer can't learn certain spells that the Eldritch Knight can and you'd have more spell slots so you could upcast that stuff. You'd still be way behind on spell slots but you could also then make your armour better because even then you've got I mean that that was another bill that was another thing that I looked at is because you've got intelligence in the mix multi-classing artificer was a another thing that I looked at having mm -hmm. a little you know having a little buddy floating you floating around as a bonus action that mm -hmm. you could use you know you, you've got your two other infusions so you could give yourself plus one to your weapon another plus one to your weapon and another plus one to your armor you know th that's another one that would be another useful two levels to put in it mm. and because it's an intelligence spellcaster you're not really as far behind uh, especially with it being artificer and rounding up the, the levels. Absolutely. 
Okay, so we've had a big discussion about pros and cons. Yeah. So good luck editing that, Simon. (laughs) Future of the build. I've said I would take Medium Armor Master. And because you get so many feats, you could take Magic Initiate to get extra Mm. first level spells of your choice. You could take Meta Magic Adept so that you can quicken stuff. You could take Ritual Caster so that you can add ritual spells to your repertoire. I think with mine... Again, I think I've sort of got a bit hung up on the spellcasting side of it and missed Mm. out on the fighter side of things. I think with the build that I've got, I probably would take another level of wizard. And then after that, I honestly don't know. If I took so, fighter, so level six, you wouldn't. Yeah, well, level level six, I would take a second level of wizard. wizard yeah, because if you're multi-classing, taking a second level usually gives you a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with wizards, where you get the schools at second level, so school of illusion. Would you take blade singing? I don't think I would take blade singing. No, I, I think it would be just because of being Sferf Neblin. I think just because of how I would want to play this character, mm. I would want the illusion thing and I would want to be able to scribe illusion spells for cheap again only first and second level after that point Mm. I mean because you've got the extra air size and feats Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you could do to bolster it you could just take another two points in intelligence so your spells are more effective you could take feats like is it tough is the one that gives you an extra hit point per level you could do that just just to kind of help you out a little bit with hit points you could take there's I was looking at things like skulker is a good oh, one if you're, good for, if you're playing yeah. a character who's who's playing you know you've got a rapier so piercer is another good one obviously you've got magic initiate is all right because it gives you extra cantri- it gives you extra cantrips and it gives you one first level spell but you can only cast it once per day you've got the the half feats like shadow touched and fey touched which they'll give you an extra ability score point and they'll give you a level one spell and a level two spell but you can cast them using your spell slots mm. as well so that going fighter and just using the extra ASIs and feats that you get to bolster your choices of spells because generally the extra spells that you're going to really want is there's only going to be like one or two of them anyway and again I mean I'm just thinking if you had Fey touched you've got uh, a fighter you know, an Eldritch Knight who has Misty Step and Hex. That's not going to be particularly pleasant, is it? <coughs> I think therein lies the problem, isn't it? Yeah. If you were to take three levels of Fighter and two levels of Warlock, one level of Warlock, you'd have everything and you'd probably be better off. It kind of feels like a multi-classy build, but equally it that. doesn't have... Oh, there's a boy. Frodo! Hey, it's alright, it's a car pulling up outside He's, You're just concerned, aren't you? You're just concerned, everybody's here It's alright, there you go God, yeah. the, the thing is, I was about to say something to you, Simon Yeah. I was about to say, why not take the telekinetic feat So that you can bump people into your area of effect spells Do you know how many area of effect spells you actually get As an Eldritch Knight? Fuck all <laughs> There's just so many... It just feels like it's such a near miss of a class. Yeah, I I do agree. I do agree. I think it would really, really benefit if it was just a little bit more generous with the spell... the the levels of spells that you know. If it was just a little bit more generous with that. But if it was a a half-casting subclass, no one would pick Paladin at that point. Or Ranger, because you'd be better. Because you'd have the wizard spell list. Yeah. 
I think it's important to remember, the Arcane Trickster is widely regarded as one of the best rogue subclasses, and it has the same restrictions as the Eldritch Knight in terms of its levels of spellcasting. It's the fact that it's the better schools of magic. Better, quote-unquote. I think if it was if it was tra- abjuration and transmutation, so mm. that you could protect yourself and change what's happening on the battlefield, happy days. And I mean, with Grelm, the one that I built is, if I'd been sort of free building, no restrictions, I probably would have gone arcane trickster. He feels like, like more of feels like more of an arcane trickster, and I've been able to do it with a dex build, and I've included the spells rather than just going straight rogue. You know, I've included the spells because we're building an Eldritch Knight but again that was the other thing when I was multi-classing I was, I was looking at like oh I could I could stick some rogue in there I could you know here's a tactic for you your shadow touched ability at 7th level you can with uh, inflict wounds you can do that and then attack as a bonus action and yeah. that's nasty especially mm-hmm. if you know once once you hit like 11th level and you've got your 3 attacks I'm pretty sure it's one melee attack as a bonus action, so you can't use your multi attack. attack. No, you can't. No, you can't. No. But yeah. But you could still action surge yeah. and then inflict wounds, three attacks, and a bonus action attack. And I mean, this is this is one of the things about a lot of DMs make up. It's not a shortfall between fighter, but the the sort of the disparity between the the range of things that a wizard can do and the range of things a fighter can do. A lot of the times, by that point the DM will have given the fighter a, a magic sword that does extra things. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Because mm. this is the conversation we're having the other day about how some people are like, but the the wizard is changing reality and the fighter is like, hit the stick twice. Yes, but also, if your wizard gets hit, your wizard is fucked. Like, yes, I've got a level 20 wizard. Do you know what's protecting my level 20 wizard? My level 20 Eldritch Knight. <laughs> Like, like, think about that for a moment. Your wizard is not tanking anything, and by that I mean is not taking is not taking damage. Even with a high con stat and warcaster, they can just about hold on to their their concentration. You're going to have as a fighter massively high AC. As an eldritch knight, you're going to be able to cast shield. You're not losing concentration on anything, mm. and if you're in the way of your wizard your wizard can bend reality to destroy the ogres and you are there to sit in front of the ogre so the wizard can do that and mm. like I think this is a part of the problem with main character syndrome everyone wants to be the main character subconsciously and sometimes it feels like I chose wizard because I'm the main character your wizard even if your wizard is the main character it could not do anything without the supporting members of its party mm. it can't heal what happens when it goes down it can't ta- it can't take any hits what happens without a fighter you need those other things one of the points that they kept making is like with uh, opportunity attacks and things like that is you can't stop someone running past you in D&D unless you've got the sentinel feet well yeah sentinel you get a free you get an opportunity attack but and, and if you hit them their movement's reduced to zero yeah yeah you stop them for one turn yes and then they turn around and they just hit the wizard again or you know somebody else fires past the tank but that's that's a problem of people approaching fifth edition with mmo thinking yeah yeah thinking that you you have to to be able to do that and what you were saying with the eldritch knight is it's not just sort of standing there and using sentinel to stop people get past it's things like putting buffs on the wizard or putting protection on the wizard or or okay yes an ogre 
can disengage and then wander up to the wizard. In that time, the fighter can then go behind the ogre and have advantage on all of its attacks and obliterate it. And if, if say, say you're in a position where there's an ogre, a couple of little gremlins, because there aren't really gremlins in, in uh, 5e, that's just our little code word for little minions. Yeah, minions, but not as in the fourth edition minions. minions yeah. yeah. Your fighter goes up straight away, stands in front of the ogre. So if the ogre hits you, you're probably going to survive. Mm. The wizard goes fireball, takes out all the little ones, does some damage to the ogre, does some damage to the fighter, and the fighter doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you've got a, is it evocation? Yeah. The shape spell, you know. It, uh, that's, it doesn't fit. It doesn't hit. That would be fighter. a sorcerer, but yeah, yeah, but still. No, there's school of, oh, evocation, yeah, school of evocation, evocation shape spell, so you can choose a number of people that the spell doesn't hit. Oh, sorry, my apologies. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can just like fireball except you you and you yeah at that point the ogre would either have to waste a turn or take free damage mm. and when i'm dming i've got my big thing and i'm like yeah i want my big thing to go over to the squishiest thing and yeah. squish it however if your partner's paladin steps in the way what do i do mm. if i disengage she's just going to run up behind me and smite me next turn or yeah. if i run she's going to hit she's probably going to hit me and yeah. smite me that turn and it, let's take smites out of the equation mm. if that's an eldritch knight they can hit me and then run up behind me with advantage and action surge for yeah. four attacks and with my bonus action five I think if we want to cut out that huge discussion we just had the main point is you are a fighter yeah. not a wizard and if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it will always think it's stupid if you judge a fish by its ability to swim around and it can do one other thing like come up on dry land for a little bit mm. we think that's amazing and it's not one other thing because they get so many feats yeah. you can be really flexible in how you build a fighter and the kind of yeah. thing I was saying about like uh, Skulker and Piercer are two great feats if you're going yeah, melee Mm. There's, you know, obviously you've got sentinel and mobility, which just means you don't ever have to worry about where you're moving. The Eldritch Knight can take Warcaster and Sentinel and then use Booming Blade to attack as an attack of opportunity oh, yeah. and reduce its movement to zero. So now, not only can it not move for this mm. turn, on its next turn, if it does move, it's taking an extra D8 of thunder damage. 2d8 if they're above 5th. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is 2d8. So they're taking an extra d8 of thermal damage on a hit, and then mm -hmm. 2d8 if they move. Even if they're resistant, you're a fighter. What yeah. have you just done to them? And like, I think there's a, a tendency in the D&D &D community to not put things in an appropriate enough context. And mm. we, we are describing with me gesticulating wildly. So the, the chances of us having put in the correct context are minimal. But if I have a fighter, I want them to be a fighter. And if they have spells, I want those spells to be adding something to my fighteriness, mm -hmm. not doing the job of something else. Yeah. Because no one looks at a paladin with its spells and goes, oh, look, it hasn't got fireball. No, because it's a bloody paladin. They've got fly and misty step and haste and all the things that you want to put on a damn fighter. Yeah. <laughs> And the key problem then is those are the spells that the Eldritch Knight doesn't really have access to. Yeah. And that's the rub. That is the that rub. Is, yeah. I, I think if 
maybe to to round off the discussion yeah, is before we move on to the actual rest of the show no yeah, just to round off the discussion is if you are building an eldritch knight you have to accept it is an eldritch knight and it's not it's a spellcaster it, it's not a gish it's not there, there's things that you can't do with it but there are things you can do with it and you just have to accept that that's that's what the build is and i think yeah. that was the problem that i had with it was again there are tricks that you know with spellcasters that you think oh yeah that would be a really useful trick here and then you find that you can't do it because of certain limitations yeah it is heavily limited Mm. I, I just think those limitations are a strength you're not trying to be a wizard and that's what you should see that limitation as yeah. this limitation is stopping you from being a wizard because you're not a bloody wizard <laughs> there was one more thing that I okay. was going to ask you about is obviously for a straight wizard someone who is planning to do wizard yeah. there is a huge benefit to taking two levels of fighter and there's because definitely you get, a benefit to taking three levels to get Eldritch Knight yeah because what I was going to say is does that You've said before about it making up on the the missing spell. Does it help you catch up on your spell slots? If it you helps you catch level? up on your spell slots, but not spells known of spell level. Yeah. So three levels, Eldritch Knight. I know you'd be is, behind, but would you be less behind? Absolutely, if you, took you that would. Third level. Okay. Absolutely, you would. Okay. I mean, action surge as a wizard, being able to take an extra action per turn is is amazing. Um, because of the lower health points that you have mm-hmm. second wind is also stays useful, useful. for quite a yeah. long time put it this way right another point we, I should very quickly make if you don't take intelligence seriously for a eldritch knight you just get one whole level of spell casting yeah? yeah which you can add to any other fighting class uh, sorry you, uh, any other half casting class you can take those three levels for an extra fighting style and action surge and still have almost the appropriate spell slots for a ranger mm. or a paladin. Plus the armor proficiencies. Plus, I'm just pointing that out. So, what was I going to say? Yes, we were talking about the multi-class with wizard. If you take three levels of fighter, that's Eldritch Knight, you are a first level spellcaster. If you take two levels and then one level of wizard... You are still a first level spellcaster. Yeah. Hey, buddy. So the three levels for heavy armor proficiency and to not be a spell slot behind and action surge and second wind, that becomes a big deal. Yeah. Now moving on. I think the more I think about Grum, the more I think like he is someone who would start as uh, an Eldritch Knight and probably just go full, ca- probably end up going full caster. Would you take the to five level for extra attack i think i would probably take it to sixth because i think like the extra asi would the extra, yeah yeah the yeah, extra yeah. asi would probably be useful because again if i can fit warcaster into the build somewhere that means i can have the shield and i can cast spells whereas at the moment it's kind of cast spells until i run out of slots and then use the, and yeah, then just sure. grab the shield I would play this character. I was surprised that I would play this character because it's the first evil character that I've played. Yeah, yeah. But an evil character that would be fun. And I think the reasons he's evil and the reasons he would be a dick to people would be funny. I would actually play this build and I would go straight fighter. with the. If there's a paladin in my party, my job is to not get in the way of the paladin. Yeah. <laughs> but being able to take magic missile being able to babysit the wizard and at level five as a spurf neblin let's remember 
you have advantage on saving throws for all your social stats and you're proficient in strength and con saving throws and then you put warcaster on top of that you get advantage on those con saving throws for concentration yeah you are not failing and we're a dex build so it's plus three to to dex saves Mm. so at level five we're probably not failing any saves yeah. And in terms of being tank, quote-unquote, in terms of a D&D type tank, you're fine. You're not failing saving throws, and when you do, you use absorb elements, and then you hit something really hard. <laughs> yeah, because, again, I mean, you've got your ASI at 4, 6, and 8, don't you? 4, 6, 8, I think there's one at 10 as four, well. 4, 6, and 8. So if you assume that you're using those to get, like, functionality things, like you said, uh, Sentinel... Warcaster, things like that. You know, by the time you hit eighth level, you've got some pretty incredible functionality. And like you say, seventh level, you get war magic, which means you can cast is it can cast a cantrip as a an opportunity attack for what? Sorry, for Warcaster. Warcaster, yes, you can. Ca- no, any spell. Okay, you any, can spe- any spell. Spell, okay. spell as a reaction. Okay. Pretty sure. Well, that massively broadens the limit too. It's not just a case of like booming blade. It's you know hold person. I don't think you can get hold person on that spell list, can you? You cast a spell at the creature. Yeah. The spell ca- must have a casting time of one action. Must target only that creature. When a hostile creature's movement provokes an opportunity attack from you. Yeah. I have to admit, when I was putting the character together, the more I put it together, the more I thought like, I wish I was building something else. But. You've made a really, really good argument. Oh, I'm, for I'm glad I have because I thought your eyes were glazing over. No, no, no. It's that's just me. I'm dehydrated. <laughs> um, I started off with the opinion that like an eldritch knight is just not as good as multi-classing fighter wizard, but I that think might it, still it has, be true. Yeah, it, it has it has its own place because if you are lucky enough that your campaign does get past level ten, you are then looking at someone who has the abilities of a level 10 fighter and a level 10 wizard and you're not uh, really no, it doing would be a level 10 fighter and a level no no i mean if you're doing if you were multi-classing fighter wizard yeah you then only have hit level 10 fighter yeah. so you've only got like one use of indomitable and one use of uh-huh. you know you don't have all of the extras of a level 20 fighter oh i see and I see. a bunch of wizard stuff on top so going straight fighter as Eldritch Knight, like I can finally see the benefit to it. I didn't when I was building, but you're I a, can now. You're a level 20 fighter mm. with six levels of wizard tacked on, yeah. just under seven. And I don't think that's too bad. So was there anything in my build that you thought, oh, that's nice, I'll have that? Because like I said, I've, I've gone back on the fence about the fighter class since hearing about the stuff that you would be be doing with it. I mean... Let's address something here, Simon. Mm-hmm. If I say there's nothing I would take, that doesn't mean because I think you're building shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I would take anything from your build, other than if I wasn't going to take Medium Armor Master, I would take the Mithril Halfplate. That's that. And I would also consider... Uh, what was one of the spells you took? And um, Fog Cloud. Fog Cloud. Fog Cloud's a fog, good one. Fog it, Cloud and Blind Fighting, I can really see never worked for a fjord in uh, campaign two of critical role oh but that was part of his uh, it, paladin it thing never, yeah. it always worked against them after he cast it but that was because they were in usually wide open spaces, spaces yeah whereas Sorry if grelm is going to be spending most of his time underground and you're underground and suddenly a cloud of fog pops up and you can't see anything and he's got blind sight <laughs> 
Yeah. The blind sight thing I'm I could be persuaded to take. I think it mostly yeah. works with him because he's supposed to be underground or he's supposed to yeah. be in underdark environments yeah, primarily. Yeah. I can't see him working as well in a fight in a field or in the woods or in a city or something like that. I mean that's interesting because usually it's me who goes specific and you who goes broad strokes. Yeah, but I just thought I don't know. I just had this idea about him finding this Mithril set, armor. Yeah, this no, set I love of it. armor, and then going back to town, like, "Hey, look at me!" And then like everyone just going, "I can't believe you killed Jessica." Was, yeah, Jessica Happy Hands or whatever. <laughs> that sounds terrible. They're <laughs> like, "Hey, I found this," and they're like, "I can't believe you killed the the great hero." Yeah, and then after that, he's like, "Right, fine." Disappears into the underdog because they've got a lifespan of like a couple of hundred years or few hundred, I think. It's up to five hundred, and he's only three hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. So he's not ancient and you cantankerous, know, yeah. cantankerous and given up on everything yet. He's still young enough to be to be a dick. Angry, yeah, to be <laughs> angry about everything and to be taking that out on any adventurers that come down into the underdog. I love it. Right, do you want to know what we've got for next week? Come on then, what we got? Well, next week we might actually be re- be releasing a different episode. But I, I, I don't have the time to edit a bonus episode, so we're going to have to decide, do we do this next week or do we do... The other episode. The other episode. Yeah, so we were going to release either a main show episode or a non-main show episode, yeah. but it'd be really incongruous on a non-main show episode to say what we're going to be doing on the main show. So the next main show, episode 006, will be a variant human war cleric. Okay, variant human, I'm instantly thinking feats. Yes, it's a plus one to two ability scores of your choice and a feat. Uh, That'll be interesting. It will, because essentially we get two feats to play with. Actually, I just want to say something quick about Eldritch Knight. If you take a variant human Eldritch Knight... (laughs) (laughs) You can start with Warcaster. You yeah. can start with Warcaster and then take Sentinel and Magic Initiate and... Oh, God, that's horrible. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, 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 don't, we haven't really dis- discussed, you know, different races before. But yeah, just, yeah. Just, well, we did with the, the Dragonborn, actually, but yeah. just putting it out there. Very human no, Eldritch Knight fighter. Yeah. All of the spells. You can start with Shadow Touched, man. You start with Inflict Wounds, and then level three, you can use more Inflict Wounds more. <laughs> right. This is going to have some interesting yeah. construction. Yeah. But that's going to be episode six. Yeah. What we're considering putting out next week is the basics of building. Yeah. The idea is we keep mentioning things like your ASI at level four. Yeah. We keep mentioning things like why you would multi-class, why you would take two levels in this or things like that. So what we're hoping to do is an episode that's just running over the basics of building anything. So we are hoping next week just to do a show that is about how to build the basics of building, issues with building, why as soon as we said variant human, as soon as we said, oh, that's good because that gives you an extra feat and going over different races you can look at, different starting classes and the classes Mm. you might want to bolt onto that, things like that. So we're hoping we might put that together next week then episode six will be the week after that which will be the variant human cleric war domain yeah i want to ask a question about next week are we explaining how we build for the show or are we explaining how we would build a character in general little from column a little from column B. b probably 
general issues around building a character in light of, of the rules that, that we, we have. have. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I made that secondary build yeah. for my character, which is if you took two levels of fighter and then three levels of wizard, mm. you know, you might choose to do it that way around. You proved with the Sorlokadin from last week, you proved that if you take the paladin thing first, that can massively you affect win. what you... Yeah. That's what happens yeah, you if win you take D &D. paladin first. You win D&D. &D. <laughs> yeah. one, one thing we didn't say last week is that the Solokadin build, I understand Baldur's Gate 3 uses the 5th edition mm -hmm. rule set. So if you built that as your main character... Yes, yes, of course. There's not a, little, there's not a lot of situations in that computer... RPG, there's not a lot of situations that you're going to have a problem with with nope. a build no, no, like no. Steve turned out last week. That Steve shat out last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, those are all issues. That I, I was having a minor mental health crisis over that, so yeah. the fact I turned up is good enough. No, no. <laughs> I know. I, you justified it. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you did your job. Yeah. And that goes back to main character syndrome. Mm. Again, you know, I mentioned it last week. And I've said it right here, you win D&D. You actually don't play D&D that way. Again, yeah. like, you're playing a group of four or five heroes who all do their own thing. thing. You're not yeah. playing the tank, the yeah, yeah. the DPS, the, you know, the way you would in MMO. You're going to have difficulty if you approach it playing that. You're probably not going to have as much fun no, either. No, no. You shouldn't be approaching your tabletop D&D game as... Skyrim or Dragon Age or anything like that where you have a main character who makes all the decisions and a, mm. and a party of, of happy fun time friends who tag along that's yeah. that's not the way to play no. and you know party role oh I'm the face oh I'm this that's important but it's not important as working as working together yeah right I'm trying to think of a funny noise I can add to the end of this why have you got the giggles because I'm probably going to cut it before you said that oh I, I'll probably just like fade it out there alright okay Thank you for listening to this episode of the Built Wild Workshop with myself, Stephen, Simon and Frodo the Dog. All properties and settings belong to the relevant parties. Produced by Steve and Simon and edited by Simon. Music is Dancing at the Inn by Kevin MacLeod and is available at freepd.com. And remember, respect your health before you wreck yourself. I love your flavour.